Well, welcome to the JD Power Travel Podcast. Uh, thanks again for attending. Uh, with us, as always, is Andrea Stokes, a practice lead for hospitality at JD Power. Hello, Andrea. Hello. And Jenny Corwin, who's the director of consumer insights uh, at JD Power. Hello, Jenny. Hello. And I'm Michael Taylor, who's the practice lead for travel. I do airports, airlines, and rental cars at JD Power. So I thought we'd start off just a little bit because uh, you know we do have like a little COVID news update uh, that we do uh, kind of keeping track of uh, attitudes of people who are currently traveling and what they think about COVID. And I'm very happy to report that our last wave, which we completed last week in our passenger view product, which is um, uh, basically smartphone surveys of folks at airports, thousands and thousands of them each week, that uh, there's some good news, some positive news. There's a positive trend towards people having less worry about contracting COVID as they're traveling. Uh, some of the other things have stayed the same, what airports and rental cars and folks can do to help people feel safer. And it's always been the same things for the past five or six months that we've been doing these surveys, which is wear a mask. Uh, whether you think a mask works or not, it's what everybody feels they should be seeing when they're out traveling and makes them feel safer. And also we had asked a question about uh, digital vaccine uh, passports. So getting a passport saying I've been vaccinated and would that make it easier to travel? And is that a good idea? About two thirds of people, uh, the 2,500 people we asked said, that's a good idea that we should have that. About half of those people said it should be mandatory. The other half said it should be optional. And about one out of five thought it was a bad idea and shouldn't be adopted at all. So that's sort of the COVID attitude update. And I thought for this particular uh, podcast, we'd have a little bit of a different format because we're always curious, to, you know, we, even though we speak to each other at JD Power quite often, have a lot of group meetings, there's always some things I'm always interested in asking uh, the folks that I work with. Um, and I thought I would start with Andrea Stokes. And I, I really would like to know, for Andrea, from your perspective and the things, the data that you see in JD Power, which sectors of the hospitality industry are, are going to recover the fastest? And which ones are going to take the longest to recover? Well, thanks, Mike. It's a great question. Uh, you know, coming off of all of the uh, earnings calls in the last uh, couple of weeks from the major hotel chains, uh, they, you know, were hesitant to give guidance about what 2021 would look like. But um, all of them, all of the major chains seem to be uh, focused on leisure travel, um, you know, with the thought that uh, leisure travel will come back um, the fastest. Uh, there's a lot of pent up demand. I think we've talked about that before on our podcast. Uh, so that's where uh, I think hotels will be looking, especially as the summer season uh, approaches. So you know, unfortunately, business uh, travel, so business transient, and then also group, um, group, you know, conference convention travel will take the longest to come back. Um, you know, I think there are some hotels that are um, trying to uh, safely have uh, conferences or at least small meetings, and that seems to be going well, but I think it will be a while before um you know, uh, employers will allow their employees to travel to very large conferences, right, without really um, kind of, you know, knowing that uh, the bulk of the population is vaccinated 
and that we are not seeing, um, you know, uh, peaks in COVID cases. Um, hopefully we'll see COVID cases continue to go down. So I think that's really what 2021 will, um, will look like. I know we all hope to get back uh, on the road uh, to see our, um, our clients and customers. Uh, and hoping, you know, that might be at the end of the year, at least in, in the fourth quarter. But leisure travel is the name of the game uh, right now. All right. And I think that you had a question you were going to ask Jenny. Yeah. So Jenny, um, as our, our senior consumer analyst uh, for travel at J.D. Power, we know you you do get a lot of questions from, from clients, um, you know, about um, our data and what we you know, provide in terms of uh, an overall view of guest satisfaction in all segments of the industry. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about the key questions that you seem to get most often from uh, clients? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Andrea. Oh, that's a great question. I think you know, we, we get a lot of questions that, you know, focus on the relationship between customer satisfaction and, and ROI, right? I mean, we want to make sure our customers are happy, but it there's got to be a, a reason for that behind beyond just satisfying them. So the focus often is, you know, how do we relate that to, to loyalty, retention, even new customer acquisition, um, you know, through <clears throat> whether they're, you know, new guests, guest loyalty programs, um, you know, airline loyalty programs, whatever that might be. Um, the, the focus is on, you know, getting more customers and keeping the customers that you have happy. And, and the big thing that we see that clients tend to, to miss is, right, you can't all, you, first of all, we're inundated with data. We have a lot of data. Our clients have a lot of data. Everybody is just drowning in different data. So it's important to take in what you have, but also to view everything from the lens of who are my current clients and who do I want to be my clients? And like, who do I want my customers to be? And what do those people want as well? So there's a lot of really rich data around um, you know, demographics and psychographics and creating these consumer profiles and looking at the different needs of different travelers. And so it's really important to marry what you are now as a brand and what you see your brand as in the future and, and adapt to the customers that you hope to attract as part of that new brand proposition or your current brand proposition. So um, we get a lot of questions though around how do we make that, that really those relationships and how do we really dig into what those people want? And a lot of the, the answer really just comes down to, to meeting your guests or your passengers or your customers, whatever you wanna call them, um, where they are, right? You have to really think about what are their needs um, today on this particular trip uh, with the purpose that they're traveling for. So it's really breaking it down, um, not just to the individual, but to their purpose and their reason for doing business with you on that particular occasion and how to really best satisfy them on that day in this experience. And Mike, I have a question for you. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, as we talk about looking forward to getting back to traveling and I have booked and canceled and booked and canceled because I'm traveling with a four-year-old. If it was just me and my husband, I'd, you know, be much more open, I think. But 
Um, one thing I've benefited from is refundable airfare and no change fees. And I, I'm just think, curious, how long, how long do we have to look forward to with these uh, refundable fares or no penalty around flight changes? Um, is, this, is this going to be a forever utopia for the uh, airline consumer? Well, the answer to your question is enigmatically yes and no. So the yes part is there are a lot of airlines, especially, that are going to permanently suspend their change fees for most of their bookings. Um, this is something that they did to preserve cash flow during the pandemic period. You know, they wanted people to send them cash to book a flight in the future saying, okay, even though we have a variable environment where you may or may not be able to get to your destination because of conditions on the ground or your conditions in your family. Um, you know, we want you to book with confidence and allow you to get that money or use that money to a future ticket. Of course, that led to a lot of problems because again, the airlines were just simply in survival mode, still really are in survival mode, trying to hold on to as much cash as they can so they can pay for the planes that they have on the ground and also pay the people to fly them and service them and then keep the corporation running. So they'd, your question really is, is that going to be a permanent thing? For some airlines, yes. Like United Airlines has made a commit to, commitment to make those change fees go away forever. Now, one of the things that we see in the J.D. Power data, and we've mentioned this on this podcast before, is the key variable, the key factor uh, to improve your J.D. Power ranking and satisfaction with your passengers and create more loyalty is to treat them fairly as far as fares and prices go. Um, those airlines that have a good score in that particular area generally have very, very high satisfaction with their clients and their, their passengers feel like they're getting good value for the money. Those that tend to charge for things and, you know, you use an old trite phrase, nickel and dime people or feel their passengers feel they're being nickel and dime don't do as well in our J.D. Power study. And we've mentioned to them, uh, you know, management over and over again, that this is the key thing. If you really want to improve your scores, improve your standing with your customers as far as th their feeling of being treated fairly. Southwest Airlines is a great example of that. They for, I don't know if they ever had any change fees in the, in the past, but they certainly haven't had them in the last couple of decades. And they also make it a part of their messaging, their marketing messaging, which is like bags fly free. And on the other hand, airlines are a business. They need to make money. They need to have a black ink at the bottom line. And change fees and bag fees are tremendous sources of revenue in the neighborhood of hundreds of millions of dollars of profit per year. And guess what? Airlines aren't in the business uh, you know, of providing things for free. They're in the business of being a business. And so they've traded, as I put it to them, you can trade satisfaction for those revenues. Although you, can't, you really can't have both. And we've seen that happen quite often in the J.D. Power airline rankings, especially when a airline has adopted change fees, for example, or bag fees, their satisfaction has dropped. So how are, you know, just this past week, American Airlines, who didn't have any change fees during the pandemic period, says, well, we're going to reintroduce them for certain ticket types. So if you're buying that basic economy fare, that's where you're not expecting to have a lot of of uh, perks and um, additional services when you're buying that ticket, um, that is going to be that is going to have a change fee. If you're buying a more expensive ticket, say in an upper class cabin 
then that change fee may be waived for American Lease. That's their current plan. That was their, their announcement. So they're kind of playing it, hedging it a little bit. If you really want to go cheap and you want to take a risk, you know, you know, you're going to get a ticket that, you know, we're, not, we're going to charge you to change it. Uh, if you want to spend a little bit more money for us, then we're going to allow you to be more flexible. And so we'll see how that plays out, you know, whether the passenger likes that. So in certain cases, um, Jenny, if you're flying on a certain airline, they're sort of committed to no change fees. Southwest isn't going to change theirs. Delta, I have not heard yet. United doesn't want to change back to change to having a change fee. Uh, however, American Airlines is, you know, hedging their bets, as I put it. So I hope that answered your question, Jen. Certainly helps. Okay. Well, good luck. I, I have leisure travel. You know, I think I've got to rebook my stuff to Scotland again, just like you. I'm on my third rebooking to Scotland here. But hopefully someday I will actually get there and play some more golf uh, in Scotland. Well, we've come to the end of our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you'd like to learn more about J.D. Power and our travel studies, you can go to jdpower.com and click on the business um, uh, tab there and then click on travel and you'll see all the things that we're doing. And we hope you enjoy these and we hope to see you next time on the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. Thank you.